0: Dr. Sherry, and welcome to Men's Power Talk. So today we have a guest, and his name is Ernesto Sanders. Um, He's a very special guest, Um, not only my brother, um, but he is um, a retired uh, military veteran uh, from the Navy. He's also getting ready to retire from the state of Michigan. Uh, working in the school district as an IT specialist Um, but not only that he is a father and he is a grandfather he's an amazing son um, brother Um, so he's here to talk about um, what we are calling a series on the injustices of black African American males so we're going to just have a very comfortable conversation, um, Ernesto, just to kind of talk about what's going on in America today, the whole world is kind of looking at. Before we do that, I want to kind of um, let you um, share a little bit more about yourself um, and just um, who you are um, as an African-American so Just give us... Some things that I didn't share. I just told them a little bit about you.
1: Well, um, as my sister said, my name is Ernesto. Um, I um, I'm a son of the South. I was born in Alabama, um, although I did, was not raised there. Um, I still know, you know, a little bit about living there because we go back um you know almost every summer you know for a few days or whatever so my mom's from alabama and my father's from alabama so i kind of know about you know the little history of um, segregation i was born during segregate segregated times i was born in 57 um so you know when we go back there i would see only even though i was a, a very young I still remember seeing you know white only, black only signs. Um, So I was raised in Michigan in Flint, Michigan and um, my memory of Flint when I was younger was uh, growing up on St. John Street. That's where the majority of the black people that came from the south come up there to work in the automobile fa- manufacturer lived that they put them all out there you know in in rickety huts basically <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know so I saw that segregation um, the 67 riots in Detroit I think I was I was 10 years old and uh, it really didn't affect Flint that much but um, industrial Street did burn a little bit. So I would walk from, I think it was Marengo, I walked over to Industrial Street to look at the destruction from the 67 riots that happened in Detroit. Um, I graduated from high school and went directly into the military. Um, I really didn't experience a lot of racism in the Navy. But i did have one incident where um when i first went in this white guy tried to attack me with a knife we were working together in um in the galley you know in the kitchen and uh, i don't know what happened he just went off all of a sudden so i was the one that got removed from it was in the chief's galley, the officer's galley so i was the one that got removed and he stayed there even though He attacked me with a knife, so, you know, so that was kind of weird, but that was really the only other, the only bad incident I had in the Navy, and that was in 70,
0: 75.
1: Okay. In
0: 75. So, um, my military career, huh? Yeah, so I was, um, So your military career, you didn't have much racism. And so you grew up, you said like where they most Blacks lived. So there wasn't too much racism because you were living with mainly um, African-Americans. I know that you moved to um, New York where it was more integrated. And so did you, you didn't um, experience any racism when you were into the integrated schools?
1: no um i didn't um i didn't really experience a lot of racism when we were in new york i um as a matter of fact they tried to put me in advanced classes when i was Mm
0: -hmm. in okay and Um, And that
1: was in the 70s yeah yeah okay all
0: right yeah
1: and um so no not really a lot of racism in New York. I didn't I didn't see that. You mm-hmm. know. That was mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you know And
0: you could I walk the streets healthcare. and no problem.
1: Yep, could walk the streets. You know, speaking of walking the streets, um we did have one issue with the police there, but they didn't do anything. We were down um okay. about six of us and somebody called the police on us. You know, because we had went down to the white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And the police came and um, they just kind of asked us what were we doing and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think one of the guys had an air pistol on him. Mm. I don't know how they wound up searching him and finding it, but they did. So, and stuff, you know, but I would, speaking of that, I would hitchhike. From uh, Spring Valley to Pomona.
0: Yeah, I remember you used to hitchhike a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I got picked up by a lot of white people. Uh huh. And they were all cool back in those days, you know. So I mean, they were they were woke white people. So it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So let's let's
0: move um, forward. So you are a um, again your father, your grandfather. So have you seen anything like with your son how old is your son
1: 31 he's 30 yeah the only he had one incident where he was coming home had his kids in the car had his girlfriend in the car and uh i i really don't know what happened because he still ain't really you know explained the whole story to me but i know he was close to the house he was half a mile away you know when he made a turn onto our street I guess when he made that turn, it must have been an illegal turn. I'm just guessing, but the police turned on their lights, and uh, he came all the way to the house. So um, I forget, it was it was dark outside. It might have been ten o'clock. It wasn't that late? And I was in the bed, and I'm on the floor of the apartment building, and I hear. Screaming and hollering and ah ah! I'm like, what is going on? Mm. So I got up out of my bed and went outside, and um it was him. And then there was like seven cops out there. Oh my God! You know, and he was, you know, so they were roughing him up. I don't know if they were beating him. He didn't have any bruises or blood or nothing like cuts or anything like that on him. But you know, I guess. I don't know if he was resisting, or they was just roughing him up, or, mm-hmm. you know. But by the time I got out there, they had been, like, uh, there were other neighbors out there already, you know?
0: Okay, people looking. Yeah, people are already looking out
1: there, yeah. Yep, so when I came out there, they had kind of calmed all that down, and uh, they had put him in handcuffs and stuff. You know, I was go- trying to get over there to talk to him, but they told me to stay back.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You
1: know? Don't so. Of course, I stayed back, you know. But uh, they took him straight to jail. Wow! For, so they for, said it was for fleeing and eluding.
0: Fleeing and eluding, and it was a traffic type of thing. So what? Yeah. What? What came up for you as a father um, in that situation? You know?
1: Well, I kind of felt at a loss, you know. Mm-hmm. That, there were so many police out there that there was really nothing I could do at the moment and stuff without, you know, getting myself in trouble. You know? Right. So um, I just kind of felt like we would have to deal with it through the courts, mm-hmm. you know? which we did. Um, got a pretty decent lawyer, you know, because fleeing and eluding is a four year felony prison sentence. Wow. You know? Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, they slapped him hard, you know? Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that was fair? Do you think that, that would was happen? Not fair. Right. No, yeah. And so you see how easily things can just go from one day everything's sunny to the next, day, everything is just, you know, you got to dig yourself out from somewhere very, very deep. Mm hmm. And that's what we're seeing. So did you see that, I mean, what, what happened to George Floyd, you know, it was, it was a, a holiday time. He goes into a store. Who knows, you know, about what he, he went in to go and buy, whether he knew that what was going on with the $20 or not. But, God, he, he didn't know that was his last day, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, but how something could go so wrong in an instant you know, when Mm -hmm. you're dealing with law enforcement when you're uh, brown color. So, um, needless to say, what do you think about um, just law enforcement in general for African Americans and especially driving? I mean, you see so much of that, you know, in all the towns, but I know in Michigan um, kids can have a hard time young African American males getting to work because a lot of the jobs that they can get are far away, they have to drive an hour, 45 minutes to get you know to some of those low paying jobs, right?
1: Mm hmm, hmm.
0: Put themselves in, in, at risk,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's no good public transportation system here in, in Michigan and in southeast Michigan in the Detroit area, so yeah, you have to have. A vehicle um, to get anywhere, really, you know, and like you said, everything is so far away, you know, because um, it's really spread out around here, you know um, I you know, when I was younger and I was driving around here, I, I think I got stopped by the police as a new driver, I might have gotten stopped um, i don't know five to ten times
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I might have gotten a ticket maybe once so you know i don't know what it was that i was doing um, you know stay out of trouble with the with officers
0: right
1: you know um but they never really you know asked me to get out of the car or you know asked me what i had in the car Mm -hmm. Uh or did anything you know so I mean my experience with, with officers is not like, you know, a lot of young black men these days, you know, it's mm-hmm.
0: so what do you think it is? Do you think it's their the way they look, the persona?
1: Well, <clears throat> I think it was I don't think it's the way they, they look. I was thinking I'm thinking that it's the um the uh respect or you know that you give someone an authority because but my personality it's like you know i'm always gonna respect whoever i'm speaking to you know and be kind and nice and I'm, that's just me and stuff you know so i don't know if you know and i'm not saying that black men you know should uh, you know when a person of authority comes up to you just you know melt and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you still have to, you know, be a man and stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm just thinking that if you emit respect, then, you know, you might, you, you get respect and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I know that's not what it's like in the real world because George Floyd mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: went into the store, you know, I don't know, if it was twenty dollars, I don't know if it's fake or not.
0: Right, right. They called and the it,
1: police, and like you said, he was like he was not expecting that day. You know, he went. He he did not resist. He was being humble. You know, when they moved him, he went where he was told to go. He sat down. He, you know, he did everything he was supposed to do right. You know? So, you know, I mean, I I couldn't hear any conversation, but still, you know, he he was killed for absolutely nothing.
0: Right. So when you think about all the other young African-American males and females, unarmed, right, what were they killed for?
1: Absolutely nothing. Okay. Absolutely. You, yeah, absolutely nothing. When you kill somebody and they are unarmed, you know, you just want to kill them. Mm-hmm. You want to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You just Correct. want to, you don't want, you don't want to talk to them. You don't want to de escalate. Mm-hmm. You don't want to even bother to go through the trouble. It's just too easy just to shoot them and kill them. Mm-hmm. That way, the trouble's over with. And they don't get, they don't have any, um. They don't have their damn court. Yeah, there's no repercussions, you know. Mm -hmm. They they can get away with it. They've always gotten away with it, you
0: know. Yeah, it's become normal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's all for no reason. When you get called to a park in Cleveland, that 12-year-old boy, is out you know is have playing in the park with that looks like a gun Mm -hmm. You roll up in there and you you know and you confront him within and within five seconds 12 seconds he did that's telling me that you know you you're not trying to do your job you know
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah It's, 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 um, you know, it's a new day. And, um, I mean, I hear the cries and nothing is enough. And one of the things about the men power talk, um, it was derived months ago, um, in my spirit before a lot of this even happened. And, um, one of the things, um, that it was birthed with was men suffering in silence in the areas of finance, health, and relationships. And so when I think about injustice, you know, and I, and I think about injustice in these those areas, um, it all fits because when there's injustice um, in finances, you know, it equates to injustice in a career, not being given the same opportunities as others, not given the opportunities to have a job or to make the income, as others, or which leads to health, problems, stress, mental illness, um, things like that. It could lead to a lot of um, things that can definitely affect our health. And it also can lead to um, stress on relationships, uh, fathers not being in the home because of stress right it could lead to um just a lot of problems in the home which really makes people not want to commit they don't feel like they the stability of life so they don't want to commit to a family um and so it just um that vicious cycle that continues um in the african-american family and so really getting justice uh, for the uh, African-American male is so important. I really focus on males. Cause my heart is for the male because I believe that male is the cornerstone and the foundation of a family. And really getting that set is so important. You know, women, yeah, we are strong, but we're not strong uh, without a strong man you know i believe in you know women got to do what they got to do but i really believe that we need to really uplift uplift the men and so that's what this podcast is truly about and so the first uh episodes is really going to be talking about um the injustice you know that is going on uh, with the african american male and then we're going to continue to move on which is um, trying to uplift men in those in those areas of finance health and relationships and then you know include you know parenting and career and all those kinds of things um, and I am um, you know when I talk about it in my introductory um, podcast I am you know a coach a life coach um, certified by the international Coaching Federation and so if anybody needs any, one-on-one coaching i'm available you know they can find me at um, www.mentalks.com and can reach me anytime for that type of service Um, i want to thank you for coming on and just kind of talking from your heart about how you feel about what's going on Um, is there any like ending um i guess recommendations that you see that can go on, you know, they talked about defunding the police departments or things like that. And just basically start all over. <laughs> do you have, I mean they have some radical ideas, um, but what do you see? It's like some kind of idea that you think that could kinda help. <laughs>
1: well, I don't believe in defunding the, the police department, because, you know, when you say defund, that just means, you know, take the money. They don't get no more money to do anything and stuff, you know. And we got to have a police department. We got to have public safety, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they move the money around to, you know, better help the community, you know, mm-hmm. like the maybe with mental health, because they did away with all the mental hospitals and stuff. So,
0: right.
1: so move some of that money into into mental health and social work or whatever mm-hmm. stuff to help out the community. You know, they could do that. I could see that happening.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they don't, they don't need to just defund the police, you know.
0: Yeah, that is a radical move. I guess when they say defund, that really gets your attention. Yeah. But I, I really think um, defunding looks different from totally wipe out. I think you'll still have the services. it'll just look very different mm-hmm. um, than it looks right now. you know maybe you'll have the traffic police, maybe you'll have social services that deal with this part of that. So um, so it'll be interesting the way the way they they, they do it. Um, and so we just hope that the next generation, and it'll stop right now, but the next generation won't have to be afraid to To see a police, they won't have to be afraid to drive. They won't have to be afraid um, to be black, because as we know, black is beautiful. It's a beautiful culture. There's so much um, gifts within the black and brown culture, and um, and we have so many allies. You know, the protesters were just a beautiful rainbow of colors and cultures and ethnicities that are all behind us all over the world. Um, so that's truly exciting. And so again, I want to thank you uh, for coming on to my first podcast. And yeah. yeah, and I will, yeah so I'll let you know um, when it's um, up and running so you can hear it and you can share it. So please let people know about the Men power talk. Okay, thanks for having me. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.